In Between Fantasy Football Podcast. Season 4. Let's go, baby. Yeah. There was a time I had trouble talking about it. Congratulate them, we know they doubted. Somehow we made it up out of the pit. Back against the wall, never quit. Traversing through each obstacle. Show a non-believer what's possible. Let nothing they could do stand in between me and my wildest dreams. Let's go. And that come at us could come in between. Life gave me the worst, yet my side grew so green. We've been down in the dirt, been tossed in the trash. But I never strayed from my path. When we're gone, we ain't looking back. Maybe we were all way too high. Maybe that's our fault. It's going to be a crazy time, but it's going to be a fun time. Life is boring if you don't take some chances and do some things outside the box. Your destination for both some feel-good lifestyle advice and some fancy football advice. All right, all right, all right. It is Tuesday, January 31st, 2023. The In Between Fantasy Football Podcast back with you this evening. We've been with you every step of the way throughout the NFL regular season and the playoffs. Today, we turn our attentions to the Senior Bowl. Also, some NFL draft news and some offseason headlines. Sean Payton, D'Amico Ryan, and more tonight on the podcast. Seth Wilcock back with you playing point guard for tonight's podcast. No Nate pull vote today. Nate, he's somewhere off in the Bahamas on a cruise, having a couple whiskeys aboard that cruise ship. So instead, I am joined by one of the members of the IBT family here. He is a, a, a man who also, I would say, enjoys a little bit of whiskey as well. He's a hilarious <laughs> human being and a great analyst. Dave Stewart. Dave, how are you doing tonight? Seth, how are you, man? I'm doing great. It's good to be here. I'm excited to get started. Oh, oof, good looking out. I appreciate that. Absolutely, absolutely. It's good to see you tonight, Dave. We also have Scott Rainier joining us. Always sleepless in Seattle out there. Scott, you do asbestos. That's your specialty during the day. At night, you are a fantasy analyst who loves to data cramp. So how are you doing on this fine Tuesday evening, my friend? I'm good, except that... The countdown and our little intro is going, and as soon as it ended, my internet cut out, like <laughs> at that moment. So, luckily, I was able to get back on. I'm doing, I'm doing good, man. Um, I'm looking forward to the Super Bowl. Um, it's, you know, it's been a, it's been an interesting playoff season so far. It's been some good games, been some stinkers, some good storylines and whatnot. But, uh, but yeah, I'm doing good, and I'm, I'm looking forward to um, all the data crunching of the off season. I 100% agree. I like looking at it holistically a lot more than I do fractionally during the season. So that'll be fun to jump in with that. We have Kyle Scott, our audio and editor and producer in the back end tonight, getting our six, locking that down. Kyle, we appreciate you tonight, brother. How are you doing there in the back end? I'm doing fantastic. I'm excited for the show tonight. It's going to be a good one as always. Can't wait. Absolutely. Guys, as we mentioned, we are going to talk some Senior Bowl. First, First, we're going to get in some news. And then at the end, we're going to talk rest of winter lifestyle advice as well. So stick around for that. I want to thank the IBT family for always joining us. Brad Bolt from all the way in Australia saying, hey, fellas, good to see okay. you today, Mr. Bolt. Then we got Hoove. QB1 saying, look at that handsome bearded SOB. Yes, sir. That is Dave. We got uh, we got our guy Steel Henderson here. Kyle and Seth, classic crew. Yes, sir. Did yeah. a podcast with, with our boy Steel back in the day on best college bars in our college town. So that was pretty cool. Uh, good to see you tonight, Steely Dan. 
And uh, guys, one more time, just want to thank the IBT family for joining us each and every weekend. This is a really cool time of year. We got fantasy football. We got NASCAR golf all going on. So we are live three times a week here. And we have some video on demand content coming your way. Please give us a thumbs up. Subscribe on all the platforms. YouTube being the one that really helps us the most. And guys, let's go ahead and jump into some news with front and center. Sometimes taking that first step out the door is the hardest thing to do. Give it a chance. You'll be begging for more. Save the spot just for you. We're all somewhere in between. How about you come to the just place to have someone? Ain't gotta worry about something not what it means. Come and give me another cause the night is young. At least I so thought. It's just Front and center. All right, so breaking news. We've been doing this show. We're 100 episodes in. That is the first time I've ever hit the wrong drop and said the wrong section. So I apologize, guys. This is not front and center. This is headline hijinks. I won't play the drop because that drop's actually a little more dope there. So uh, anyways, we're going to make fun of the recent fantasy football news. And uh, some of it's not so fun. Let's start with Brock Purdy here, Scott. Tears his UCL. This is the same injury that Big Ben Roethlisberger sustained during the 2019 season. So something to keep in mind. Tommy John surgery is what he's going to need here to repair that. Came back in the game, handed the ball off, tried to throw a little bit as well, Scott. Terrible end of the 49ers season. You can't get any more unlucky than Kyle Shanahan has been here, Scott. Yeah, so my my hijinksy headline for this, um, to kind of quote Larry David, is pretty, pretty, pretty horrible news. Um, <laughs> it, you know, I mean, there's a lot of debate about Brock Purdy. Was he good? Was he just a product of a good system? You know, the opponents they were playing, all this kind of stuff. Um, but absolutely no one wanted to see his season end in this fashion. Um, I mean, I'm a Seahawks fan, so I was not rooting for the 49ers, but even I, a Seahawks, you know, some sometime petty Seahawks fan. Um, even I was like, good Lord. I mean, the injury luck with that team, especially this particular injury. And I really hope that once it was revealed that he fully tore his UCL, um, full tear, um, that all the knuckleheads spouting off on Twitter, you know, calling him soft for not getting back. In the right. Game. Right. Think, that I was think, bullshit. Yeah. I think Ric Flair even, you know, gave him some crap for not getting back in the game. Everybody can just cool off a little bit, especially when 99% of those people are tweeting that from their couch. Um, you know, that's no joke. I mean, the fact that he came back in just to be able to hand the ball off was, I mean, I can't imagine doing that with a fully torn UCL. Are you kidding? Going into an NFL game like that, even if you're not really going to pass the ball. So it's just, it's sad all the way around. We'll never know how, you know, what kind of storybook ending to his rookie season would have been if he had not gotten hurt. Um, and I mean, his timetable, you know, Tommy John surgery is no joke. You know, six I think months. we're looking about six months. Yeah. I mean, I think regardless, he has absolutely no, his entire off season will be recovery. Um, you know, he's not going to, he's not going to be able to take part in the team at normal team activities that happen in the off season. So it's really tough to tell. And I mean, as far as who the quarterback's going to be in San Francisco in 2023, I mean, it is very difficult to predict that at this point to me. I mean, who knows? Who knows what they're going to do? I mean, we almost saw Christian McCaffrey become the quarterback for the rest of that game. 
which I, yeah. they should honestly, have let him throw more. Honestly, they I wanted have, to I would, see that. I, I would have loved that. that so much. And I, I, I honestly think he probably would have thrown like a 50 yard touchdown being, being CMC. Um, but yeah, I mean, a lot, a lot, a lot to come. I mean, it's, you know, I mean, it's not even technically the off season yet with, with the Super Bowl still to go. So, um, but I mean, the 49ers, you know, I mean, much of their team is still intact, but that, that QB slot, you know, is it going to be Jimmy G again? Are we just going to get another after all this? <laughs> Jimmy G, I think, is going to be out, out the door right now. He's going go to go to Vegas. We'll there. So, yeah. I mean, if he stays in San Francisco, that poor woman on Twitter, her first name is Rita, who has been putting a little graphic out every yes. day until Jimmy G. Yes. <laughs> she's still going strong, man. Hey, it, it has made her brand. God bless it has her. made her yeah. brand. I'm sure she's made a lot of yeah. money on those designs, too. So, yeah. Shout yeah. out to Rita for that 100%. <laughs> Sad ending for the 49ers season. I, I've become a little bit of a faithful fan my, myself here, just getting to know that wow. community a little bit out in Vegas last year. So it is sad. It's very unlucky. They still got a lot of dogs, though, and this team not going anywhere. So I'm going to continue to draft them for fantasy football purposes, regardless who the quarterback is here in 2023. If you have Brock Purdy, you got to hold him. If you have Trey Lance, you got to hold him as well. If someone's panicking about either of those two signal callers and you're in maybe a dynasty super flex league, shoot out an offer, guys. Um, let's move forward to the AFC championship game here, Dave. And MVS was the star. Marquise Valdez, Scantlin, who would have thought... Um, after yeah. all, all the flack I give him that the show has given him, people in general give him, he's the one who showed up. Kadarius Tony out, injured. Juju Smith, right. injured. McCole Hardman comes back, re-injures his, his previous injury. It leaves NVS to go for six for 116 and one. Really a great day. And despite all the officiating, it was terrible. I, I think we just have to get that out of the way. It was absolutely a terrible officiating in both these games. Specifically the AFC Championship, though. Um, but Dave, MVS, is he the hero here moving forward? Can we feel good about him going into 2023 because of this? Well, I want to put the brakes on that right now here, Seth. In fact, my headline for this is Fool's Gold, MVS Glimmers in the AFC Championship. And uh, I was basically putting this because, you know, it, it was a breakout performance. I'm not going to try and, you know, throw mud at him or anything you know he caught six passes 116 yards and a touchdown in a critical game to send the you know help send the team to the super bowl you know it's an all-star performance but when you look back on his previous games i mean the last three games he hasn't even reached 30 yards receiving in any of the previous three mm -hmm. games you know i feel like we're at the point where if he goes off in the super bowl if he has another game his hype machine is just going to be fired up and going, you know, I mean, I could hear the off season debates heating up already. I think, you know, if that happens, he's going to be one of these guys. We're going to have to suffer hearing everything about how good MVP MVS is going to be in the 2023 season, all throughout the off season. And I'm still not sold. Even if he has a game in the Super Bowl. I'm still not sold. You know, I, I wouldn't mind having him on my team, but I'm certainly not going to, pay the price that he will require yeah if he has some yeah. kind of star star game like that you know i'm not gonna i'm not gonna be ready for that 
A lot of question marks with this Kansas City team here in the offseason. What's going to happen with Juju Smith-Schuster? He's a UFA heading back into 2023, so maybe he signs a team-friendly deal. He's not going to get the big lucrative deal he was hoping for. Can't stay on the field for Juju this season, despite kind of a nice season. Um, But MVS, to me, he's still one of those guys. Great performance. Hats off to him. Um, he's a really nice guy from what I've heard from a lot of people as well who work closely with him. Um, but at the end of the day, he's a guy I'll have on my fantasy team, but an end of bench guy who you throw in sometimes in the perfect matchup, he's going to get you a donut. Or he could he could go off and get you, you know, 25 fantasy points like he did here this week. Uh, Scott, we talk a lot about MVS here on this program. Any final thoughts on him? Um, just how how fun it must have been for Aaron Rodgers to watch MVS basically be the MVP in a, in a game that took his new team to the Super Bowl. Um, brutal. Brutal. Yeah. No, I agree. I mean, if he, honestly, if he has a big Super Bowl, then we're looking at a potential kind of Gabe Davis light, uh, uh 2023 off season where we're, we're drooling over a playoff performance on a player that has not shown it in any kind of consistent way ever. Um, I will say though, and I mean, this is probably more on Mahomes than, than MVS, but that, that touchdown Mahomes threw, that laser beam he threw, that was, yeah. in, in yeah, my was mind, good. that was, I know it wasn't at the end of the game, but that was the game winner for me. He doesn't make that throw. I think the Bengals win. They might even roll. I mean, that play was amazing. He was on the other end of it. He caught it. It was a nice catch, but whew, that throw that throw made me made, made me feel things. Sat him yes. right down on his butt, man. Yep. Catch, <laughs> set him to his rear. Well, guys, we will see what happens here when Kansas City, when they battle the Philadelphia Eagles, who have kind of walked through the playoffs here in just two weeks. So hold on tight for that. In the meantime, though, as we're kind of getting the show ready today, we're all all ready to go. Breaking news happens, of course. Sean Payton to the Broncos. And my headline for this is Walmart settles uh, settles for shoplifting Sean Payton for picks. (laughs) And here's the headline, the backstory of this. Walmart's going through this big thing now where they're getting shoplifters from who have been using like the the self-checkout and been shoplifting for a while and they somehow have been getting them over time. Um, and they're also like saying that if if people don't stop shoplifting, they're gonna have to close their stores because they lost three billion in revenue um, here in 2022 because of shoplifting. So kind of my play on words what? there. Um, owner of the Broncos is is also the owner of Walmart, so that's why I say that. So Sean Payton, he goes there. It's going to be a couple picks here. And Rap Sheet, guys, just unloaded a bomb today. He says, quote, unbelievable. The the Broncos spent today trying to hire D'Amico Ryans again today before he recommitted to the Texans. Sources say when he agreed to terms with the Texans, they moved and finalized the deal with Sean Payton. According to Schefter, Denver's 2023 first-round pick, which they got from the Dolphins for Bradley Chubb, and next year's second round pick for Sean Payton and the Saints 2024 third. That's what they had to give up to get this. So an absolute haul. Yeah. How do you guys see this shaking out? Because we know his his history with short quarterbacks, Drew Brees, um, just one time in his 15 years with Drew Brees, um, was he not a top 12 offense in yards and points? And that was actually 2021 without Brees, excuse me. So yeah. It seems like it's lining up here for a potential rebound, but is Russ still Russ? And that's what we don't know, and that's what you're gambling on here in fantasy leagues. Scott, are you eager to take any any more shots at the the Denver Broncos? This is a guy who made Marcus Colston, Alvin Kamara, 
every every good saint you've seen in the last 10 to 15 years. Well, and made a QB much, a lot of people compared Russ to, based on the whole height thing uh, in Drew Brees. Um, it's certainly, as far as all the different the, the different moves they could have made with their, with their front office and coaching staff, um, it moves the needle in the right direction for me. Um, you know, that the quite you brought up the, the, I think the, it's going to be the question that we'll be analyzing all season next season was this year, you know, was it because Russell Wilson's done or was it because it was some, a somewhat incompetent coaching staff and play calling? We're going to find that out next year. If Russell Wilson is still where he was this year with Sean Payton, then I think we'll have our answer, but boy, are the Denver Broncos really doubling down on making a move that if it backfires, they are totally screwed. Yep. Like that's two consecutive off seasons. And I mean, I don't, this one, I don't think will have the opportunity to backfire in the same kind of way as Russell Wilson did, at least in year one, you know, as a little more nuanced than that with, with a head coach. Um, but I mean, if they come out next year and tank it, you know, if they come out next year and stink it up all year again next year, then I mean, whew, I mean, props to them. They got some balls. I mean, you know, these are big, huge, risky moves. Yeah, eliminates Jim Harbaugh from, probably from contention out of the NFL conversation this season. Um, he'll probably head back to Michigan because of this news. Um, but that wasn't the only head coaching hire. And, and I am very excited to see what happens with Russell Wilson and the Denver Broncos here in 2023. But Dave, uh, D'Amico Ryans heading back to the Texans, a great stint for him in San Francisco as the defensive coordinator. His wife is from the Houston area. He was the man in Houston when he was there during his playing career. What do you think about this, Dave? I think it's a, it seems like a good matchup here. You know, my headline for this is homecoming King Texans all time leading tackler takes the reins as head coach. So, you know, he is the all time leading tackler in Houston Texans team history. And they've agreed to now a six year deal with D'Amico Ryans to become their head coach. The thing that, makes me a little bit leery is he's becoming the team's fifth coach in just four years. If you count Romeo Cornell's 12 game run as the interim coach following, you know, when they fired Bill O'Brien, but David Coley and Lovey Smith were each fired after their first season with the club. So it's, uh, it's an uncomfortable position to be walking into. However, I think Ryan returns to Houston as a beloved former star and his good standing with the team should allow him a little bit longer leash than his predecessors. And, uh, you know, I think he's got at least some level of chance to rebuild this team. I know it's important to him. It's important to the team. You know, this feels like a little uh, a bromance in a, in a sense, you know, uh, with him and the Houston Texans. So I think they really want this to work out. I think they're going to give him a chance to rebuild this team and, you know, Good luck on him. I mean, for sure he's run a good defense in San Francisco. You can't argue with the results there. So I think, you know, he's going to be a defensive-minded coach, and what he's going to need is to find the quarterback. That's what all every team's looking for, right, is the franchise quarterback. He's going to need to find that quarterback. And if he can do it, he may be there for the entire duration of this six-year contract and beyond. But uh, let's see, you know, let's see if he's able to do that. And he does have a couple things going his way. One, he obviously wanted to be there, Dave, as right. you know, turns down the Denver job, which yeah. someone maybe see as a better job, wants to go back to Houston. And he has pride in, in his franchise and his time with that franchise. 
and he can pick his quarterback. That's the thing. Does he like Bryce right. Young? Does he like CJ Stroud? Does he like Will Levis? Probably gonna have to, you know, talk to some scouts, get a little more information on the situation, but he can hire an OC. Like he can make a lot of decisions here. I think in, in Houston, this is stability to a Houston team that we haven't had in a long time. We kind of knew that Lovey Smith was gonna be a one-year thing coming into it, to be honest. I don't know why they just didn't stick with David Cully. Um, but personally, I'm, I'm very intrigued to see how this one plays out. I'm excited for it. Um, honestly, probably depending what happens in the draft, if they like, this is kind of gearing up to a little bit of a frisky jet situation for me. I'm getting a little like good vibes from the Texans, which I haven't had in a long time. So if they can go out and nail the draft here in April, they're one of my most intriguing teams to watch. If they can get Stroud, I love Stroud. I think if they can get Stroud or Levis there at that number two overall pick and they compare and grab some of these wide receivers in the second round, maybe attack another running back day three, day, you know, I, I'm excited about what the Texans can do here. Scott, any final thoughts on D'Amico? Yeah, I mean, I, I mean, I think it's a great hire. I think as far as uh, all the different head coaching candidates, he was one of, he was near the top of that list, in my opinion. Um, and I think, I mean, a message to the Houston Texans organization. Let this guy have have a couple of years, please. Um, they're not going to be set up for like a playoff run next year. I mean, they're going to be drafting a rookie quarterback most likely. Um, let this guy coach for a little while. You know, if they if they have a terrible season next season, don't don't fire him and look for it. Give this you know this guy. He's beloved by the city. We already we we covered that. My only my only concern from a fantasy standpoint, and this was something that uh, one of my favorite new follows, Aaron St. Dennis on Twitter. He tweeted this out. It's a, it's not a very good, it's not an ideal situation for who, whichever rookie quarterback goes there because you've got a defensive minded first, you know, first time head coach coming in. And that's not the best scenario for developing a rookie quarterback. And I mean, I would love if they came in and took a quarterback in the first round, a wide receiver in the second, but Stamico Ryans is calling the shots now. I, I don't know if he's going to skip past some of these defensive players at the top of the draft either. You know, it's speculation. Um, you know, it, you know, I think Pep Hamilton is he still the is he still the offensive coordinator of record in in I Houston? I believe he has not been fired, but I do not know if he is. He okay. Will so I mean, you know, it, just the fact that D'Amico, the fact that he's a defensive minded guy, doesn't necessarily automatically mean whatever rookie quarterback comes in is going to struggle. But just relative to other potential landing spots for this rookie quarterback, you know, I have a little bit of concern. That's all. Okay, we have Brad Bolt in the chat. He's saying that he would be disappointed. If they went Will Levis at at the 102 here, um, he he thinks right. that Bryce Young and C.J. Stroud are above the rest. I can see it, man. But also, like we felt this way kind of when when, uh, when Josh Allen and and that whole crew was coming out too. It felt like there was maybe a little bit of a teardrop after Baker and Darnold. So I know a completely different class there. But I think Will Levis, he has some talent. Let's not forget, man. This is a guy who had to transfer away from Penn State because Penn State's. Uh, Jim Franklin and the bunch, they couldn't identify the talent Levis was over Sean Clifford. So uh, keep that in mind too. Like he did have to go through some bumpy roads, um, but appreciate the comment nonetheless, Brad. Guys, let's move forward here. Another head coach hiring. Oh, go ahead. Sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt, but before we skip on, uh, yeah, Pat Pendleton is still the OC of record, but they're talking about D'Amico Ryan's maybe interested in hiring Clay Kubiak. Yes. One of Gary Kubiak's kids to become the new offensive coordinator. Well, Kubiak had had long term term ties with the Texans as well, so I think that makes sense there. Appreciate that, Dave. Um, next headline here I want to talk about is Frank Reich hired 
by the Carolina Panthers, longtime Carolina Panthers quarterback at one point as well. So he's going to be heading home. Another homecoming here. Scott, does this one make sense for you? Do you like this hire? Frank Wright, obviously out of Indianapolis after a disaster of a season, but he never really got a shot with, uh, with, with shaky quarterback play pretty much throughout his tenure there. Yeah, I mean, I honestly, I do like this hire. I mean, it, Reich wouldn't have been my first choice, but I think with who was left, you know, I mean, Dan Quinn decided to stay with the Cowboys. Sean Payton, obviously. I mean, Sean Payton ha- happened after this hire, but I don't think that the I don't think the Panthers were willing to pay what the Broncos ended up being willing to pay for Sean Payton. So, I mean, you know, and there, there is an argument to, for the Steve Wilkes who took over as an interim coach and, I mean, took a team from a laughing stock to almost making the playoffs granted in the NFC South. But still, went six and six uh, when he inherited the team, and he's he's a you know he's a locker room guy. Everybody loves him, so a lot of people were hoping he might get that job. But I like Reich. I mean, like yeah, he's you know he's going he's coming from a Colts situation where it was a quarterback carousel for the four years or whatever he was there, and he's entering a situation where it's been a quarterback carousel. You know, from Teddy Bridgewater to Sam Darnold to Baker Mayfield to PJ Walker, it's been all over the map. Um, so, you know, with the ninth, ninth overall pick, um, you know, they got a couple of second rounders, I believe. So they, they do have, you know, they, they would be in the running as a team that could potentially trade up, uh, if, if the, the quarterback they want is not there at the ninth overall, but much like Dave said with, with Houston, with this, with Rag taking over here, it's really going to hinge on the quarterback situation, you know, because he built, a, he built a you know, a, a good roster in Indianapolis, in Indianapolis while he was there, him and Chris Ballard, they built a good roster. They could just never solve the quarterback. Right. I mean, they went, you know, after Andrew, after Andrew Luck, his surprise retirement, they went from Jacoby Brissett to Philip Rivers to Carson Wentz to Matt Ryan. I mean, pick a veteran QB. They've tried him. Um, you know, he made the playoffs a couple times, never made it past the divisional round, uh, 40 and 33 overall record in Indianapolis. So, you know, I mean, I I don't see this as a, oh my god, they got Frank Reich slam dunk, Carolina to the moon. I don't. Well, see he could it like do that. worse. He could do a lot worse than Frank. I don't Reich see it like that, but I do see it as as potential stability there. Um, you know, and I mean, they've got a young, hungry defense, so I mean, they they have some pieces in place and they have some draft picks. So I think you know, I th- you know, it depends. It also depends on who they hire as their offensive coordinator, because there is not there is not an office offensive coordinator there right now. Um, so. Awesome. Yeah, awesome. I like it, though. I don't yeah, love it, I, but I like it. Yeah, we'll see what happens. I could even see them maybe trying to take one of those second-round picks and a later-round pick, trading into the back half of the first, going after an athletic, underdeveloped QB like uh, Anthony Richardson, AR-15 down there from Florida. So a lot of intriguing options for Frank right here. Another coaching hire, a surprising one this week because he was on a different team last time we talked, boys. Kellen Moore hired as Chargers offensive coordinator and this is a really interesting one here um, with Kellen Moore heading to the Chargers. I personally, guys, I love this one. I don't know how you guys feel about it, but I feel absolutely jazzed up about this. Um, no. All right. Headline here for me. Dick down in Dallas, Kellen Moore and Cowboys divorce. Uh, Reference in the Trey Lewis song right. there. And I mean, I'll just be honest. Like, I think Kellen Moore did get Dick down in Dallas a little bit. Like, he always had to play with the hand Jerry Jones dealt him. And sometimes it was a great hand and he got CD lamb and guys like Tony Pollard and, you know, some hidden gems, Jake Ferguson, Dalton Schultz, but he also had Amari Cooper traded away right from under him. 
He also had to play Ezekiel Elliott way past his prime because he had to justify Jerry Jones giving him that bag. Um, so always had to kind of play with that, that hand. And he only ever one time was the outside of the top six in points or yards offensively. And it was in that 2020 season without Dak Prescott, where he's still in the top half of the league with Andy Dalton for most of the season. So I think this is a smash higher in Los Angeles. I think it makes perfect sense on both sides. Um, I love it. I think I'm going to be back in on the Chargers even more. It makes me very intrigued to draft someone like Mike Williams, depending on ADP, because obviously an injury concern. But Eckler, yeah, full send on him again next season and any other pieces they add to this. Dave, how do you feel about the Chargers? Are, are, are you full send on your guy Kellen Moore, former Boise State guy? I am absolutely sold on Boise State legend, the all-time winningest quarterback in NCAA history, Kellen Moore, 50-3 and three as a starting quarterback. That record Let's will go. be Yes, broken. sir. Yes, sir. Uh, yeah, he's going to rehab. Oh, look at my, got my Boise State Broncos helmet here. Uh, he's going to rehab this Chargers offense. Not that they're in need of a major rehab either because they've been doing pretty well, but I think he's going to do well by his guy, Justin Herbert. Coincidentally, they are friendly with each other. I don't know if you know. You probably don't know. But there's a local uh, car dealership here where Kellen Moore and Justin Herbert do ads together. Really? For the car dealership. Really? Really? Okay. So, you know, they have like a, they they have a friendly personal relationship already. You know, I don't know how that will translate to their working relationship, but I know that they know each other pretty well and and are kind of buddies. So I think that's a good, you know, I think that, only bodes well for the situation because they already know each other a little bit, you know? So I'm excited about it. I think Kellen Moore is going to bring a lot to that offense. I think he did get a disservice in Dallas because the offense was actually always pretty good under Kellen Moore. In fact, 2021, they're the number one offense in the NFL. You yeah. Know? Number one across the board. Yeah. You're firing this guy. I just don't really get that. You know, so Mike McCarthy's uh, apparently going to take over play calling duties to yeah, me. I mean, good luck to, for them. I think that's a step backwards. But. To me, it's a situation where, okay, it's going to be all on Mike, Mike McCarthy now. Like, like there's no, no one else to shield the blame if they don't get it done and get for into, sure. you know, the second, the third, the third round of the playoffs next year. So he's going to yeah. own it. Yeah, I'm, I'm excited, man. Like Kellen more congratulations i think he's only one step away from being an nfl head coach excited about that um i want to go to another headline here in the college football world just something to note as we head into the nfl draft guys stenson bennett a rat arrested for public intoxication apparently he was knocking on a bunch of people's doors early in the morning in texas gotta stay in georgia stenson you know stay in stay in georgia there um where you're known where you're protected uh, gets a little out of pocket here. Is this an opportunity for NFL teams to say, oh man, this is going to push him down the draft board, like l- licking their chops a little bit that maybe this guy falls? Or Dave, do you think this uh, this pushes him down negatively and it is going to actually scare real teams away from him? I think potentially it does actually, you know, and uh, with the senior bowl coming up this, this year, this is my headline here, missed opportunity knocks. Uh, Stetson Bennett arrested for public intoxication after banging on doors early Sunday. With the Senior Bowl coming up here, Jim Nagy, the director of the Senior Bowl, admittedly was in conversation with Stetson Bennett's people for him to take part in the game. Once the arrest happened, that uh, sort of swiftly was over. And uh, Nagy was on a 
podcast apparently yesterday and had some critical uh, words for him. But I found the most interesting critical words for him to be from a guy whose name is Glenn Smith and he's a former Dallas Cowboys scout. And he thinks the arrest will have a negative impact on Bennett's draft draft prospects. But this was his quote. He said, he's a 5'10 guy, so you're already going to have scouts start knocking him. He's not tall enough. Now he's drinking till the world looks flat. Now he's out till six in the morning. Now all of a sudden, he's all these things start stacking up against him. He did go on to say, beauty's in the eye of beholder, and somebody's going to give this guy a chance. But that doesn't sound like a favorable uh, opinion of the guy. You know, Jim Nagy said on the podcast that obviously something was off. He was in a bad place because if you're in a good place, this kind of thing doesn't happen. So I think, yeah, the, the NFL world is probably looking on the guy a little bit lower than they were before. And he was already kind of being figured as maybe a day three draft prospect. So this could slide him into an undrafted region. I think, you know, maybe he'll get a, a undrafted free agent opportunity, but I, I think he could potentially see himself being. Wow. Okay. Dave, Dave really pushing him down the draft board. I I'm not going to overreact too much just because I think it could be one of those things like, Hey, maybe they think, Hey, this guy's a, a, you know, someone teammates can have a beer with and really relate to because of this as well. So I think it could go, go two ways here, Scott, obviously we've all kind of made our mistakes in our younger, uh, you know, younger years. I I don't have a public intoxication, but I have an underage. I'm not afraid to say that, you know, (laughs) we've all done dumb shit. Um, Does, does, do you think that is going to push Stenson Bennett, possibly out, out of the draft altogether, like Dave's suggesting, or maybe just into day three rather than the day two pick he was uh, projecting to be. Um, yeah, we've certainly all had, well, I've had many a nights similar to Stetson's. I never knocked on anybody's doors, at least. I never I re- did either. I at never least that I remember. Either. But um, I had a friend that got arrested trying to enter somebody else's apartment. He was trying to unlock it. He thought it was his own apartment. Oh, yeah, I've got I've, I've friends. similar. Yes, I friends in yes. college who climbed through the dorm room window of the wrong dorm room for sure. Oh. Um, so, no, I mean, I, I actually agree a little bit with Dave. I, d- I don't, you know, I haven't done a lot of rookie review yet, but I didn't see Steth- him as a super high uh, QB draft prospect anyway. He can sling I, it though. He can sling yeah. it a little bit. He throws the pill around. Yeah. yeah but his I mean, size is an issue to begin with. You know? Yeah. He's so I, mean, I think. I think if he was a more highly rated prospect, there'd be more to talk about here, like how it could potentially impact him. Um, But, you know, I'm kind of with Dave. Like, I think he was borderline day two, maybe. So, you know, I just, I don't think it moves the needle a whole lot just because I didn't have him that high to begin with. Um, Yeah, I was looking at him as maybe a high end day three pick at best, but. We got DD in the chat saying, knock, knock, who's there? Classic. <laughs> very nice, DD. Very nice. Uh, day three pick yeah, prior go, to Brad. this, Brad saying. So, yeah, a lot of mixed reviews here on Stenson Bennett. I'm going to continue to be in the camp that I don't think it's going to push him down too much. I wouldn't be surprised if he's still a day two pick, to be honest with you guys. Um, I want to round this out, though, with something that I noticed over the weekend. And it is a man who's quietly taking over as a projected riser in this NFL draft, a name I think we should keep an eye eye on, guys. Uh, My headline here is, remember the name, Greenville's guy, Holton Ehlers. And Holton Ehlers, if you guys are familiar with the American Conference, he's been tearing it up the last four or five years for ECU. 
fifth year senior, 6'3, 230, only 23 years old. Um, so kind of think of them hit in that like Big Ben, a more mobile version. So Big Ben, Josh Allen type frame led ECU to their first bowl game in a decade here this season, broke American all uh, American conference records in yards, touchdowns, passer rating. Six TDs in the Birmingham Bowl this year. He was the MVP of the Hula Bowl, which is one of those, uh, just another one of these like all-star type games a couple weeks ago. And then NFL PA Collegiate Bowl over the weekend. He was the MP- MVP of that ga- that game as well. And he's outperforming guys like Penn State, Sean Clifford, like with ease. And it's not even close. And Clifford was probably an undrafted guy anyways before these performances, but I think we need to pay attention to, to Ehlers and whether it's someone we'll be betting on in the preseason or whether it's someone, if you're in a dynasty super flex league to, if he does get drafted late in day three, throw him, throw him on your bench. I mean, we've seen guys like Brock Purdy and, and Gardner Minshew at least become relevant at times. So I think uh, Holton Ehlers is a name to, to remember here. Dave, any thoughts on, uh, on ECU zone? I'm pretty big on the guy, actually. You know, yeah, he's shown off his quickness. He can make plays with his feet. Uh, I've watched, I watched the Hula Bowl and the NFLPA Collegiate Bowl because I can't get enough. And I watched him, you know, earn those two MVPs. I, I think, you know, he's, he's been really performing well, like earning himself new opportunities. His, his draft stock is certainly rising. Uh, and I watched that, you know, NFL. PA Collegiate Bowl, mostly because I was watching for my guy, Scott Matlock for Boise State. Matlock, let's get, yeah. Football card right there. And he made a sack in that game. I just wanted to be able to bring that up. But he was on uh, Ehlers' team, you know, and Ehlers led the team to a victory. So I like that too. Yeah. Uh, yeah, so- I'm, I'm, I'm quite impressed. I think, you know, he might have earned himself a a draft pick. I think he's going to be selected. Probably a day three selection, but I think he's going to be selected. Uh, we, we got Didi saying, holy shit, we do need to keep an eye out for him. Yeah. Absolutely. Just yeah. you know, a name to keep on that radar. You're going to hear it probably here in April called now because of these performances. Great discussion, guys. Let's go ahead and jump into more of our discussion here with our Senior Bowl Day preview with some temperature check. If you guys are new to the channel and you enjoy this type of content, please hit that like button on this video, subscribe to the channel, and uh, let's go ahead and jump into some uh, some temperature check here. Temperature check. That's really spicy. Holy <laughs> shit. All right. So we're talking about the senior bowl and we haven't really talked about it too much before on this podcast, but it's really becoming a little bit of a cult following event. And I think it's a really cool one. Like you got the whole NFL world who they get in these little planes out of the Atlanta airport and they go to mobile Alabama off the grid. Um, This game is going to be on Saturday, February 4th, 2.30 p.m. Eastern time on NFL Network. So this is really just one of those other games, all-star game, that, but it's specifically showcasing college seniors gearing up for the NFL draft. Um, there are going to be some other uh, games going on this weekend. The Shrine Bowl is going to happen on Thursday, and that's another one that's getting a little more popular. Some people are saying, hey, maybe that's actually going to be the new Senior Bowl in a couple seasons. However, the whole NFL world is down there looking at the seniors 
it's a really cool opportunity for it. So we're going to highlight a few of these players on each of these teams that we think you should be paying attention to. Um, and just names to know as we head towards rookie drafts, as we head towards the redraft season. I want to start with the quarterbacks from the, the national team here. Jake Herner, Jaron Hall, um, and Malik Cunningham. These are all, again, kind of day two, day three quarterback prospects. They're somewhere between six and 10 in most people's rankings. Anyone you guys want to talk about on this list? I'll talk about Jake Hayner. Go for it. The reason it. I wanted to talk about Jake Hayner is um, when, I, when I saw his name, I, I recognized it, you know? And I'm, I mean, like, I follow college football as a fan, um, and I'm obviously interested in prospects and rookie prospects, but um, I don't know everybody in college football every given year, you know, freshman through, through senior. So I, I recognize his name, and the reason I recognize it is because he was at he was at University of Washington briefly. Um, he lost his starting job to Jacob Eason, who when Jacob Eason was first at UW, just side note, there was a lot of hype and a lot of excitement. He about was, yes, he, yes, I agree. Yeah. Um, and then he, and then he tr transferred to Georgia, but um, Hayner lost his job to Jacob Eason, which in retrospect doesn't look as great. Um, you know, so he had to overcome that. He ended up transferring to Fresno state and, you know, uh, again, you're, you're right. He's, he's, if he gets drafted at all, it's likely probably a day three thing. Um, you know, but he put up good numbers at Fresno state. He, um, he's, you know, above average athletically, he's kind of small on the smaller side, you know, it's about six foot, 200 pounds. Um, but as far as what I've read up on him, you know, he, he can make the NFL throws. He's not gonna, you know, he's not a Konami code running the football, but he can, he can escape the pocket. Um, you know, he's a little on the older side. He's coming in at 23. Um, and he'd be the first quarterback drafted out of Fresno state since Derek Carr. So that would be kind of exciting. Very cool. So Very I'm cool. going to keep my eye on him. I mean, you know, I saw on one website, the, the prospect comparison was Taylor Heineke. So that's not great. Um, the other, the other knock he had, the other, the other kind of comical knock he has on him is he's recently been kind of talked up by Mel Kiper Jr. And that's not necessarily a good thing. So, um, so, but he, he's just a guy. Cause I, I remember him. I remember rooting for him when he was here or at UW and he's a guy I'm going to, I'm going to look, see if he gets drafted. Okay. Uh, Dave, do you want to talk about Jaron Hall? I know you kind of pay attention to a lot of BYU with them playing Boise quite a bit. So what was your impressions on Jaron Hall here out of BYU? The last BYU quarterback, obviously, to enter the NFL. Zach Wilson. Not right? so great with Zach Wilson, 100%, Dave. Well, the two things those guys have in common is they have cooked us, uh, us being Boise State and back-to-back -back seasons here. So I'm not real excited to admit that, but, you know, Jaron Hall is a talented guy. He's an athletic quarterback. Uh, one of the NFC scouts, an anonymous NFC scout, apparently told NFL.com's Eric Eld Eldholm that uh, he has some similarities to Russell Wilson with his shorter, stockier build and his deep ball ability. He can really throw, you know, one of those moon balls uh, a la Russell Wilson. So he's not... Uh, the scout also said he's not quite the innovator or scrambler that Wilson was, but he will be among more of the highly touted passers in attendance. So, I mean, he really does have some arm talent. That's, that's no joke. And then, you know, combine that with the fact that he can make plays with his feet. Uh, I think he's a draftable quarterback, you know, he's a day three guy at best, but uh, he's going to have a chance to show out at the senior bowl, you know, and if that's, if, if he is able to do that, then he's definitely going to earn himself a spot in the NFL draft. 
Okay. So Jaron Hall, I, I want to quickly just mention Malik Cunningham. He's the type of quarterback that I don't know if he does work in the NFL. He's the heir to Lamar Jackson. He is that Konami code prospect. 39 touchdowns as a junior. Looked really good in 2021. 19 passing, 20 rushing touchdowns, over 1,000 yards. However, that was reduced back to 20 touchdowns this season, just eight passing. He is a hometown kid to Mobile, Alabama, so a little bit of a chip on his shoulder. Um Overall, though, he was my favorite out of this group um, as we've kind of begun the, the rookie process as I think he is a little more exciting. Um, but again, it, it, he is the heir to Lamar Jackson, so I think we all get a little bit excited about that in general. Um, but a really cool, interesting uh, class of quarterbacks here on the national team side. Let's look at the running backs here, guys. Chase Brown, Roshan Johnson, Cameron Peoples. And I, I'll be honest, I actually really like all three of these running backs individually. Um, Roshan Johnson, I think, is a really interesting prospect, especially because he's been behind Bijan Robinson for the last two years and still produced over 1,300 total yards, 11 touchdowns with Bijan, the number one prospect in the nation being there. So that you know is a credit to who he is as a prospect. Cameron Peoples put App State back on the map. Over the last couple of seasons, 2,600 yards in the last three seasons. Did lose a little bit of playing time this season, though, so some concerns there. Um, however, guys, I'm not going to like – I've been hiding this and kind of just stashing it away, and I can't I can't anymore if you've looked at the thumbnail of this video, guys. I love Chase Brown. Put Illinois back on the map. Eight and five in the Big Ten West, and if you guys know about anything about Big Ten football – Illinois is normally the laughing stock. They're normally the armpit <laughs> of, of, of this conference. Last season, I got to see him in person run all over Penn state in a very dreary, terrible game that upset our season. Um, but this season he has come out he, and to me, and I don't want to overhype this prospect, but he is the closest thing I've seen to Christian McCaffrey since Christian McCaffrey was in college. The dude is like absolutely shredded. Like dude's jogged. You know, like dude's fucking jocked. Like he comes in here 5'11, 200, just like CMC was exiting college, only 22 years old, which is good for a fifth year. Um, extremely shifty back, though. Makes people miss, runs with power, runs with speed. 328 carries this past year, added 27 receptions. So, like, that is workhorse type numbers. I think he can be a three down back in the NFL. CMC, for reference, averaged 295 carries. 41 receptions in his sophomore and junior season. So do you guys have any feelings here, Scott? Do you have any feelings on Chase Brown? Because to me, when I was looking at through these rosters, he's the one person I'm going to be looking at the most. Derek Brown earlier on Twitter, one of our guys from uh, Fantasy Pros, he was saying that he was one of the losers of today's practices. So um, how do you feel about uh, Mr. Chase Brown here? I mean, through my preliminary, you know, rudimentary research so far, and I mean, I don't think I've ever any, any ever heard someone hype as well as you just did for him. Um, I do like I do like the statement. I don't want to overhype him, but he's like CMC. <laughs> I thought that too. Like, all right, <laughs> you know, I know funny. what you think overhyping means. Um, no, I mean, I mean, especially his senior season, he was a, he was a monster. Um, you know, and for like you said, for a school that doesn't typically, you know, I'm trying to remember a running back from Illinois. You know, I think. Uh, Richard so I'm excited to I'm excited to delve deeper into into Chase Brown. Um, 
the other two you mentioned, I, I mean, I'll just be honest. I don't know a lot about them yet. Um, with my, with my rookie analysis still to come. Um, but yeah, that, I mean, for Roshan, that's pretty impressive behind Bijan Robinson. I mean, you know, it's when you're playing behind a guy like that, you're never going to be putting up your, you know, 250 carry 1500 yards in college. You're just not going to. Um, so yeah, somewhat impressive. Um, you know, and I mean, that's, this is, this is one of my favorite parts about all the rookie analysis. I mean, we're going to, we're going to see 1000 threads on Bijan Robinson. But I like to dig into these types of guys, the like yeah. the Tyler Algiers of last year, yeah. or you know the, the, those Maybe type of players. I only mentioned Tyler. I only mentioned him because he was a guy I, I propped up. And he, he, actually, he actually played. I also I also propped up Tyler Batty. Hey, he, I love the Tyler. I fell for your Tyler Batty hype. I had him. In a <laughs> I was there. Him. I was there with you too. I know. I, I know. I thought I he led the SEC in rushing. Did you see that huh. run though in the last game when he's Denver Bronco? He oh, he's still in my dynasty taxi squads. I'm not getting rid of him. Let's, anyway. let's talk about wide receivers here on this national team, guys. And it starts with Trey Palmer out of Nebraska. I think he's an intriguing name that we should be familiar with. Broke out on a Nebraska team that had a very pedestrian offense. Obviously, Scott Frost goes bye-bye early in the college football season. And then Puka Nuku. Dave, Nikua. can you help me pronounce Nikua. this? Puka, Puka Nakua. Puka Nakua, another Polynesian. fun pronunciation coming to the NFL yeah. sometime in the near future. Dave, again, you watch a lot of BYU football, so what's your uh, takeaway on this kid? Well, I wanted to tell you that uh, Jared Hall cooked Boise State, but Puka Nakua actually had 14 receptions for 157 yards and two touchdowns against my beloved Boise State Broncos. That guy absolutely shredded us. He's actually a really good sized wide receiver. He's about six foot two, 205 pounds, so nice body size. He's likely to play out of the slot a lot in the NFL. You know, he runs clean routes. He's got great hands. I think this guy's going to be a really valuable later round draft pick for somebody in the NFL. So I'm excited for Puka Nakua to be an NFL player. Puka Nakua. All right. I like it, Dave. Guys, let's go over and let's look at this American team. I wasn't as intrigued by it, but again, it didn't have Chase Brown on it. So I wasn't, you know, gushing over that factor. <laughs> quarterbacks on it. I think the quarterbacks overall are a downgrade on this team. Max Dugan is the one that I think really sticks out here at a TCU. Obviously, he's a, a multi threat quarterback here. Yes. Dave, do you have any thoughts on Max Dugan? Because obviously, has a historic Cinderella run. Wasn't even sure if this man would be the starter for Sonny Dykes and this new TCU team coming into the season. And yet he goes on a run, but ultimately falls very flat in the championship game yeah. and not, not helping his, his draft True. stock there. True. No, it's, it's Duggan actually, if that's uh, worth anything, but uh, thank you. Yeah. He wasn't the starting quarterback to start off the year for TCU. Uh, and in fact, I am going to look like a schmuck now. Cause I can't even remember the guy's name that was the starting quarterback, but he got hurt early on in the season. And that's what gave Duggan the opportunity to get in there. And he just rolled with it. I mean, obviously, you said the guy's a dual threat quarterback. You know, he can make the throws. I don't think that he has, like, extra above average arm talent. You know, he's yes. got adequate arm talent for the NFL. I don't think, you know, it's anything extraordinary. But he can make plays with his feet. He does make plays with his feet. And the guy's a fearless runner with the ball. You know, now that could uh, that could spell, you know, danger in the NFL because he may end up taking too many hits because he doesn't seem to 
want to get out of bounds. He wants to, you know, drive through and finish that run. But, uh, you know, he's, he's an aggressive player. He's a fearless guy. I think he's going to get a shot in the NFL. You know, someone's going to, going to want to get a look at this guy. And I don't know if I, I don't know if I see NFL starter in him, but I definitely see him as uh, a backup caliber NFL player for a number of years. You know, I feel like he's going to hang around in the league for a while if he gets his chance. So. Scott, could you see Max Dugan coming into the That's NFL? That's it, Chandler Morris. Yeah. Yes, yeah. yes. Could, could you possibly see Max Dugan coming and maybe play this hybrid role that we've been seeing Taysom Hill play over the years because that's who he kind of reminds me of when I look at Max like how you said he's a fearless runner I haven't seen that since the the days of Tim Tebow since the days of uh of Taysom Hill as the starting quarterback so uh, that's how I see Max Dugan maybe working out Scott are you willing to throw maybe a fourth fifth round super flex uh dart throw depending on the landing spot here for Duggan I mean yeah I mean it's really hard to project that type of role in the NFL obviously um, cause it's, it's a, it's a unicorn role. I mean, Taysom Hill is kind of a unicorn, an annoying Certainly. unicorn. Um, but, uh, totally you go. but if we, if we're talking, if we're talking that late in, in your rookie, in your rookie drafts, you know, then, I mean, why not at that point? You know, if there, if there's a chance for that type of role, I mean, I don't, I don't see him coming in and, you know, winning a starting job as a QB, but, um, but he's a, he's a name, he's a name to keep on your radar for that reason. Yes. Let's talk about running backs here on this American team. And again, I'm not as intrigued, but I think there are still some interesting names here. Obviously highlighted by Kenny McIntosh out of Georgia, Eric Gray from Oklahoma, and Chris Rodriguez Jr. Yes, another Kentucky player that we're going to talk about. Um, Cry home on that one, guys. Kenny McIntosh, though, he didn't really strike me. Like, I love Georgia backs. Like, I'm going to be honest. I fell in love with Nick Chubb. I fell in love with DeAndre Swift. I've fallen in love with a lot of these Georgia players. But McIntosh, he never averaged over 10 carries per game at his time in Athens. Also was used like very sparingly in the natty. Like he didn't get a lot of the early work when that game was still within question. But he did have 43 receptions, so he could be a passing back here. You guys have any thoughts here on uh, Mr. Kenny McIntosh? Because like he does maybe profile as a decent receiving back but I don't know if he can be a good ground back enough. Like, like I think Swift is a better power runner than he is. I mean, yeah. I would say, I, you know, he's one of those running backs. He's got talent. He's, he's got, he's coming from a great school, as you mentioned for running backs. Um, but I don't see him coming in and taking over any kind of three down role in the NFL, you know? And I mean, which, which isn't necessarily the worst thing in the world. I mean, you know, the, what we've had to kind of adjust to in fantasy football that's what it is now. Yeah. Five years is you've got to, you've got to find those, those, those running back carousel scenarios and, 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 you know, basically choose the right time to play the, the members of it. The, the, the bell cow role is, is still there with people like Saquon. Um, but it's just, it's much, it's much more rare. So, um, so yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't see him coming in and being that type of running back. But again, like I said, I don't think that necessarily, I don't think that's a bad thing anymore. Yeah, I think he, I think, and I, I mean, he's got a cool name. I like his name. I'll be honest. So I might be, I might be swayed by that a little bit. Like but, uh, <laughs> but uh, a little name might, bias. Yeah, he might have some intrigue year one as a rookie. Um, but you know, as far as a potential league winner, I mean, again, we're on. It's January thirty first, but I don't really see that in his range of outcomes. No. 
Yeah, I like James Cook more than I did Kenny McIntosh when they were in the same backfield as well. James Cook obviously stole a lot of the receiving work there in 2021. Um, Scott, what do you think about Eric Gray here at Oklahoma? Again, Oklahoma has produced some very back-and-forth running back prospects over the last couple of years, more known as a receiver school of anything. Um, any love for Mr. Gray? I mean, I kind of I like him um in this in this context of talking about kind of you know lower tier prospects in the upcoming draft um i think as far as that goes is you know day two potential day three guys i like eric gray i mean i don't i don't know enough to know if like he'll even be drafted but um he's he had a great senior season i mean 1366 yards he had 33 catches which was seven more than chase brown um he had 11 touchdowns, which was one more than Chase Brown. <laughs> just messing with you. Just messing with you. Um, but he, I mean, he's shown he's shown receiving chops. I think he averaged roughly two and a half, three targets a game um, throughout his career, which isn't great. But you know, there's a lot. You know, that it's a lot harder to it's a lot harder to show out when you're looking at career college statistics when it comes to targets and target share and that thing for running backs. It's a really useful and 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 somewhat predictive stat for running backs. But so many running backs, if you go to sportsreference.com and you just look at their their careers, you've got a lot of them. You've got three years of kind of meh and then a great senior year. So it's, you know, you have to kind of keep that in mind when you're looking at career college stats. So, I mean, but he he does have he does. He has enough receiving chops, I think, that he's interesting. OK, let's talk about the receivers in this team over in the American team. Tank Dell out of Houston, Xavier Hutchinson, Iowa State, Jonathan Mingo, Old Miss, Rashi Rice. He's the one getting a lot of hype out of SMU. Personally, when I look at Rice, I'm very back and forth on him as well. 96 receptions, over 1,300 yards, and 10 touchdowns here in 2022. I love that, but he's one of those players that he's like a down the field playmaker, but he isn't as fast as guys like Chris Olave. Um, he really relies on that contested catch rather than separation. And he he's probably going to go in the second round. He's probably going to be a guy somewhere in that Sky Moore, Christian Watson range that we saw last year, early second round. But I do have questions about Rice, guys. Like, I've tried to invest in players like this before, i.e. Terrace Marshall, who's kind of the same, yeah. you know, contested catch, not a big separation receiver. And I've been burned. So I'm a little worried about Rice Dave, I know we're early in the rookie process, but do you have concerns about players who struggle to get separation in college, especially Rice playing at SMU against some lower level competition? I do. You know, I mean, getting open in the NFL is obviously, you know, one of your key uh, abilities that they need you to do. You know, so the fact that he doesn't get a lot of separation in college sort of gives me gives me pause. You know, he does have the approximately the same size as Puka Nakua, who I was just talking about, you know, respectable size, right, yes. 6'2", 205 pounds or whatever, you know, so it's not like he's going to be too small for this position at all. But yeah, I'm with you there. If he doesn't create his own separation, uh, playing in a smaller conference, like you said, you know, playing for a school like SMU, you wonder how he's going to be able to create that separation against NFL caliber DBs. Yeah, it's not like Christian Watson, who was like a freak, though, like who was running 
you know, four fours. That was also six four. You have a very average speed guy, a very average body uh, arc here as well. So that's why I worry about Rashi Rice. But again, this is why the Senior Bowl is awesome because it's giving us so like many eyes on it. And the great sure. thing too is like the fantasy football industry has kind of adapted it as like a another little like Canton, Ohio, where we're just gonna go in the middle of butt fuck nowhere, have some bush lights and have some whiskey <laughs> at night, but watch some awesome football during the day. So. That's why we love the senior bowl here. Scott, what do you think about Xavier Hutchinson here? Xavier Hutchinson, obviously we've seen some great prospects out of Iowa State as early as this year. Brees Hall, to, to, to name the former. And then, of course, Mr. Bright, Bryce Purdy is, or Brock Purdy as well. So how do you feel yeah. about Mr. Hutchinson? I, I, upon initial study, I like Xavier Hutchinson. Um, I've seen him projected anywhere from kind of third round-ish to fourth round-ish in that general time that general frame. But um, what stood out to me is highest career target, career target share in this class in college, highest targets per game, highest targets per route run. And when I say in this class, I want to be transparent. I mean, th at this stage of the, of the off season, I'm using uh, our friend, Peter Howard. I'm using his rookie database. Hey, howdy, he, baby. Hey, howdy. Yeah. Who he has yeah. listed. That's who I'm using when I say this class. Um, so um, Hutchinson has the highest target share. Targets per game, targets per route run, career called in their college career of this class, and you know, you know, it, I haven't watched him. I mean, I have not watched Iowa State football games all season long, so I haven't really watched the guy play that much. But at this stage of the analysis process, those numbers, uh, they 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 set off an alarm for me at least. Like this is a guy to pay attention to. Um, you don't you you don't you don't lead guys like Quentin Johnson and those other guys um, if you're if if you don't have the chops. So yes. I'm keeping an eye. Yes. Keep, I'm keeping an eye on keeping an eye on him. But he's one of my early kind of you know not sleepers because it's not like he's a seventh round pick or anything like that. But you know a guy a guy that could creep up with a more of a mid round draft capital. I 100% agree with you and like. I'm a sucker for, for, for stats, advanced metrics like, like the target share, like the dominator rating. I love those because those really do tell you no matter what quality of team you are, are, are you're on, how well can you produce? So I really Plus, like Hutchinson. Xavier Hutchinson is also a cool name. Yes, it's I agree nice. with you. Guys, we're going to round out the show with some weekly advice here. Again, if you are new to the IBT family, please give this video a thumbs up. Subscribe to the channel um, as we round it out here with some weekly advice. Weekly. Weekly. All right, weekly advice. And guys, today I want to talk about rest of winter advice because let's just be honest, like there are times the winter kind of sucks. Like it's cold out. It's hard to get motivated to get out there, get out into the world, socialize, do a lot of the things that we want to do. But there are some really awesome, dope parts about winter. Um, joining us for this segment, as always, is our guy, Kyle Scott, producer, editor extraordinaire. Jim Scott, how are you doing tonight? Um, out there in the bird. I'm doing good. Uh, it was You're pretty cold fans, today. Uh, it snowed yesterday, so I'm feeling pretty wintry. 
but uh, none of the rivers are frozen, at least. Okay. So, okay. It's not that cold. So, and I feel like this is the right crowd to have this conversation. Dave, you're obviously from Boise, so I know it gets very cold up there. Scott, you're in Seattle, so when it does get cold and icy, like shit hits the fan in Seattle. During that ice storm over the winter, I was watching a lot of these videos that were like, a car would would start rolling down the hill. It did hit another car. Person, like, did you see the person literally ice skating on the street? I did not see that. Yeah, but they're ice skating on the street. Yeah. Well, I'm not surprised at all because that that is what you get in Seattle out there. People think it's a rainy place, but hey, when it gets freezing out there, watch out with all the hills. Kyle, you know that in Pittsburgh as well. So I want to start with my rest of winter advice, and it is simple. If you guys like to ski or snowboard. And I know as we get older with age, sometimes we forget like, hey, we need to like make plans with our friends, whether that's our friends from college, whether that's our friends from back home, uh, you know, high school days or whether that's our friends now, like we need to make time to get out. And while the summer is usually that time of year, like let's make, take advantage of some of these slow weekends in the winter, not a lot of sports on. Now's the time to get out. Let's take a ski trip with our boys or our girls. I took one recently for the first time in a little while with, with my boys. Just going to set the scene with you guys. Girlfriend, she went to Aruba, so I was kind of by myself for the whole week. Very, very, you know, just in my own. Um, go up and see my boys back home. We go up to uh, a ski resort in New York State. I will say, marriage in Wellna, it is legal up there. It is wide open. <laughs> there is a lot of cool, cool little dispensaries, a lot of cool shops up there. Check those out on our way up there. Um, got to the ski resort. Just had a time, man. Like, have a couple brewskis, get on the slopes with your boys, have have a break. Like there was so much coolness. We stopped at like a little cabin along a little path, and there was just a, a little bonfire going on. Chilled out there, had a beer, some locals. Like that's what it's all about, you know. We went back, and by the end of the night, my buddy's on the guitar, like in front of a whole audience playing. He is not a musical person. So like it was just a fun time. Um, I really think like if you guys like skiing or snowboarding, get out there, take a trip with, uh, w- with your people, man. Cause I think that's like, that's peak living. No pun intended. Yeah. Any, do you guys, you guys ski or snowboard at all? I did. I, so I took awkward, up skiing. I, have a funny, I, I, I went on a, I went with my high school buddies. I'd never skied before. And we all went up, you know, it was a bunch of us in high school all going up, you know, and I had never skied and I was, they were like, you should probably go take some lessons. I was like, nah, I don't need lessons. And we were skiing, not snowboarding. So we get in line for the lift and it has just ever so slight uh, of a, of an angle. Yes. I mean, yeah. Not even anything. And I started to try and walk up just the smallest incline and started moving backwards. And I <laughs> had never been on skis before, thought I could do it. So I ended up in front of everybody, like all my friends, bunch of other people that go to my high school just kind of like flailing as I like uncontrollably went backwards and I rammed into a construction fence and knocked it over. So that was my first trip. My last time skiing, I was playing baseball in high school and I went off a jump, or at least I thought I was going, I thought I was doing this big air jump. It probably was maybe about six inches, but my ski came off in midair and instinctively tried to land on one ski and twisted my knee. And like at the time I was still thinking I might like get a scholarship to some school to play baseball. So I gave it up. Okay, fair enough. Kyle, we got to get you on skis. I know you don't ski yet, but you would enjoy it. Like, it's the ski culture. Something about the ski culture. Like, Kyle, you're that type of dude. You would enjoy the ski culture. You know what I mean? 
Yeah, something uh, something about the ski culture makes yeah. me think I'd fit in. Hmm. Yes, yes, sir. Uh, we, we got DD in the chat saying she loves snowboard, but hasn't done it in many moons. She said her husband is really good at skiing, but same for him. Haven't done it in years, and we live in a ski resort area. Um, dude, you, go, you got <laughs> to go it. for free. Oh, Man. you got to get out there, DD. If you live in an area, you can go for free. Absolutely. Like, I know it's like dangerous, but just don't get crazy. Just, you know, like, just also, don't get. It's also kind of pricey. Well, yeah, yeah, for, for sure. For Not sure. if you can go for free. Didi's well, saying she can go for free. And like, I will say like, just oh, kind of like there are some of your oh, local, local golf courses. Um, they're also like some of your local, like family owned ski resorts still. Like it's not quite S snowball express and yeah, that whole shing ding, sure. but, uh, there are some, so, so check those out as well. Um, but my rest of winter advice, if you haven't already get out on a ski trip with, uh, with, with the friends, um, Kyle, what do you have here for us? Uh, rest of winter advice. All right, Seth, I have two things for you. Uh, first, before my advice, I just want to say uh, it's shindig. You've been saying shingding. Sh uh, say that one more time. Say the correct version. Shindig. You know, and, and it's crazy because I'm the writer. I'm supposed to know this type of stuff. So the audio producer, the guy behind the camera coming on and telling me that, a little embarrassing, not going to lie, Kyle, a little embarrassing here. What but I, sports, I appreciate What was the sports show where they used to have somebody come on at the end and tell them all the things they got wrong? Wasn't PTI, there, was it? yes. Yeah, yep. okay, okay. Yes. Where did that play? I mean, technically it's Mobile, Alabama, and not Mobile. Thank you, but, you know, thank you. What do you yep. got to do? Well, we can go through. We can start naming the the, the checks. Uh, well, and technically, Will Levis is not a really good quarterback. <laughs> what did I start? Oh no! Somebody right. in the comments said he equals Zach Wilson. Yeah, that was Ooh. a little harsh there. I think that was That's prior rough. guy. That's prior rough. guy. Brad Bolt here. I think he also said. Brad. He also said Rashi Rice equals. Uh, 2017 Chris Godwin, which I think Chris Godwin got a little more separation in college for our guy Trace McSorley. Yeah. Either way, Kyle, what rest of winter advice do you have? You're a new resident to the Berg, so uh, is that going to come into play at all here? Uh, go up the incline. Yeah, go up the go up the incline. Get that beautiful view. Um, no, my advice is going to be so. Pretty soon, we're going to have Groundhog Day. And we're going to have to listen to some groundhog telling us. Six more weeks of winter, no matter what. Yeah. Phil, baby. Groundhog is supposed to be dictating the future here. I'm saying don't listen. Uh, don't let something as insignificant and, uh, frankly, filthy and disgusting. As <laughs> <a groundhog>. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Take that, Phil. Any part of your life at all. Uh, forge your own path. Do your own thing. Uh, don't let something lame get in your way like a groundhog saying it's going to be cold. Cause it's going to be cold either way. Yeah. I think I think that do actually, watch the movie Groundhog Day, though. That's funny. I, I think it's actually yeah. two days from now. So that is Thursday. So very appropriate advice here, Kyle. Very timely. Kyle's saying fuck the groundhogs is what he's saying. And yeah. we went to school only 40 minutes away from Punk's Tony as well. Punksy's not far from Pittsburgh either. I don't know if you guys have groundhogs out west, uh, but I don't really know you... what a groundhog is. No, uh, we have like we have rodents. 
We have prairie dogs. Uh, yeah. Groundhogs they're are like fine. They don't fuck with anyone. Well, they're I think just... he's. I think he's more. It's not about the. I mean, groundhogs are filthy and disgusting or whatever. But I think it's more about as humans making the choice to listen to groundhogs. I think that's the issue. Right. That's a problem. Yeah, I, I, they're I, both issues. In the movie Groundhog Day, Bill Murray worked for the Pittsburgh TV station, so that's yeah, that's how close they are. Yeah, yeah, it's realistic. It, very intriguing. Yeah. I I agree. Like, whether it's spring or winter, you can go still go skiing though. So you know, I think either one. Like, yeah, just do you. I like that message, Kyle. Though you're saying you know, no offense to Phil and you know, and the, the men in the top hat up there, but you know. <laughs> Fuck him, kind of, you know. Don't drive, angry. Don't drive <laughs> angry. I think he means offense. I think offense is <laughs> Yeah, kind of. Did well, yeah. Well, Just forever. to offend you. All right, that's uh, that's happening. We're right now. We're in production on some frisky jet shirt and some other uh, new shirt designs here at IBT. Um, I, I think f- fuck the groundhogs is coming next. So, uh, <laughs> how, about, how about Dick down in Dallas? <laughs> <laughs> I think down that might be shirt. Might IBT be, after dark. Might just be get one that says Boise State legend Kellen Moore. <laughs> <laughs> I, would wear, that, I would wear that already. Shirt. But um, Dave, what is what is your uh, advice here? And Dave, uh, again, I want to say thank you for joining us here tonight. It's been a blast having you on here in place of Nate. Um, no absurd, uh, no absurd takes out of Dave tonight like we do normally get from Nate. So, oh great. man, I was trying to be <laughs> absurd. Shoot, uh, and we didn't well, talk about tight ends at all. Oh, man, I like a nice no. tight end. Wow. But we didn't really get to the tight ends. That's no. unfortunate. They were all kind of uh, like the seventh or ninth, like, best tight end in this class. Like, maybe they'll be drafted. So that's that's why we didn't talk but about Nate, tight ends. Nate's tonight. known to talk about the tight end. So, yeah. Nate, like, Nate likes a nice tight end. He does. Um, no, my, my advice is it's, it's similar to what you said, Seth, except it doesn't require skis. I, like you, Scott, am a little awkward when it comes to the skis. I fell off. I fell down the first five times I got off the ski lift, you know, <laughs> trying to get off and just biff it right in front of everybody. Feel hey, like it happens. I got a button for a yeah. reason, right? Like that, that, that literally employs somebody because like you employed someone that day, Dave. Yeah. So, so they had to help me up five times. There, there you, you go. go. Well, mine is just get out of town. And, you know, this might be a largely Boise perspective because here in Boise in the winter, we get what they call the inversion. We're in a valley. And the, I'm, I'm not a meteorologist, so I don't know if I can explain this perfectly, but, you know, the different pressures push the clouds down and then you don't see the sun for like days. Dude, and yes. It's real it's, gloomy. It, it's the same and here in Happy Valley. Not so happy during the winter. Sometimes you just want to get away from that. Go somewhere else, you know, see the sunshine. Just even if it's a short vacation, you could take a little weekend excursion. I... Boise is literally the most isolated, like, large city in the lower 48, you know, as far as how long it takes you to get to Mm -hmm. any other population center. So weekend excursions are a little tougher from here. But, you know, where you guys live, you can get to somewhere else uh, for a nice little weekend trip. And even if it's just a short getaway, you got to get away, you know, shake it up a little, you know. Absolutely. I like that. I like that. You can shake it up. You can, sh- you know, shake it off T Swift style, whatever you want to do. But I, I like that, Dave, because honestly, like, I- during the winter, I'm kind of a hermit. Like I don't leave like this is my life. This YouTube channel, this this company is kind of my life. So I don't leave too much. I'm um, going to Indianapolis co- next week. Uh, 
I need to make it out to Kyle. Kyle's out there in Pittsburgh, which isn't too far, and I haven't been out there yet. So we'll definitely be playing that sometime soon, bud. Yeah, I'm in the somewhere else that people go. For yes, you are. There you go. There you go. So, yes, yeah, you are. Absolutely. Awesome. Well, Dave, I appreciate that advice. Scott, take us home here with your rest of winter, not rest of season advice. Did you say Keith Swift? Did you say Swift? Did you say Oh, T Swift, T Swift. No, I'm in, I'm in, I'm in fact checking mode. I thought you said Keith Swift. Um. <laughs> that sounds like a like her her her, her like you know exiled stepbrother. Yeah. <laughs> um. So you know, from skiing to out of town, mine also involves out. Uh, mine's mine's twofold though. So the first part is just to get outside. Um, and I know you know. I live somewhere where, yes, it does get cold, but it's not like dangerously cold. Uh, so if if it's dangerously cold outside, like there's some polar vortex forming right now over the <laughs> northeast, like that's not yeah, what I mean. They, I just they mean canceled early recess. I have to. School I have to. And a lot of times, sometimes with this with this you know weekly advice we give, I'm talking to myself a little bit because I'm not very good at it, and yeah. I should I should be because I am like Seth. Like I work where I'm sitting right now, and then switch to my personal computer and do fantasy stuff a lot of the time. So I'm inside a lot. Um, and even more so in the winter because, you know, mentally I have the excuse, well, it's crappy outside, so I don't have to go outside. But when I force myself, even if it's raining, I mean, we have the same gray. I mean, the thing about Seattle is it does rain quite a bit, but not nearly as much as people think. What happens in Seattle is a cloud covers the city for like six months. Um, and it's very gloomy. But even then, get outside because one, anytime I do walk the dogs, take the kids to the park, whatever it is, um, just that fresh air, mm-hmm. you know, just mm-hmm. that even sometimes that crisp, cold, fresh air, especially if you keep your house really that you know, heated a lot like we do, man, it feels good sometimes to just step out in the fresh, cold, crisp air and, and just suck it in, you know, just, you know, get get out of the house try and appreciate what's around you. Um, I sometimes like going to the dog park and looking around and it's like, you know, actually being present for what season it is. All the deciduous trees are dead. Well, not dead, but all the leaves are dead and Mm -hmm. kind of look around. It's like, okay, that, you know, that, that sticks in my head is this is winter. Um, So, you know, something anybody can do at any point. My other one is um, this is more just anytime, you know, I've had some, had some pretty, uh, um, you know, sad stuff happened within my family over the last few months. Um, and so I've been trying to preach, you know, I, I get along with my family, so I'm very lucky and fortunate in that sense. Like we enjoy our, we enjoy each other's company. Uh, I know that's not the case for everybody, but whether it's your family or just your person, your people spend time with them, go, go be with your people, whether it's family, friends, um, whatever you're doing, even if you're just sitting around bullshitting, Try, you know, because I'm, I'm bad at that, too. Same deal. If I don't go outside, I obviously don't go outside to then get in a car and then go hang out with friends. So, um, so, but, you know, it sucks sometimes that it takes tragedy and that kind of thing to really drive that point home. But that's what's happened with with our family recently. So just go spend time with your people. Make make an effort. Scott, really appreciate that, man. And uh, condolences to your family. And, you know, your grandma's a legend for, for, will always be the first Monday award. First Monday. 
Yes. In your column. So I'm thankful for that and thankful for this advice. Like really you guys, very good advice all around. And you hit home there at the end, Kyle, you guys are my people. So I'm thankful to get to spend an hour here every Tuesday night, 9 30 PM Eastern time and tear it up with you guys when the poll with the poll votes, when they get back here. Also uh, appreciate our, our IBT family, man. We got DD in the chat commenting all show Albert Brad, everyone else who, who who's been in the chat tonight we greatly appreciate you guys so much like this really is a family and we're just getting started here so want to thank everyone kyle want to thank you for your efforts here in the back end and as we head we're going to inch closer to the super bowl next week we're gonna have some super bowl bets for you talk a little more about that i think nate's gonna be back so so uh if he's done sipping cocktails sipping some whiskey on the cruise uh We'll get Nate Polvo back in here with us. But appreciate all you guys. Appreciate everyone tuning in tonight. We'll be back here next Tuesday. Until then, guys, enjoy the NFL Pro Bowl featuring Snoop Huntley, Derek Carr, and more. Until then, keep it in between. Your destination for both some feel-good lifestyle advice and some fancy football advice. 